everyone, and welcome to The Propcast. My name is Louisa Dickens, co-founder of LMRE and board director of the UKPA, and I shall be your weekly host. Each week for 30 minutes, we'll be connecting the VCs, prop tech startups, and real estate professionals globally, and assist in bridging that famous communication gap we all love talking about. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the PropCast. And today's podcast is on diversity and the future of tenant engagement. And today, I'm fortunate enough to be joined by the wonderful Gab from Equium. So welcome to the show. Hi, um, thanks for having me. Pleasure. For those who are listening, I would like to introduce you to Gab, who's leading women in the property technology space. Gab is the founding CEO of the world's leading tenant experience platform, Equium. Gab is a passionate advocate of the power of technology to transform the global commercial real estate space. Gab relocated to expand Ekrim's global presence and is now based in New York and is an integral part of the Ekrim family, which consists of over 200 employees now, which is quite something since they started. Ekrim is used by over 9,000 companies worldwide. They're in over 200 buildings and have, I think, over 170,000 users, if I'm correct. Yeah, that's right, Lou. Okay, creeping up to about 180,000 now registered users. It's incredible, that growth, and definitely something to boast about. But I'd like to obviously thank you once again for coming on the PropCast, um, and congrats on your journey you've been on so far. But before we, before we start this, this interview, let's start, our, start off with a few warm-up questions, okay? So, oh. right, okay, breakfast of choice during um, lockdown. Uh, poached eggs and avocado toast. I love, love that. Uh, cat or dog? Mm, cat. Mm. Biggest strength? Oh, my biggest strength. <laughs> yeah. Uh, communication. Biggest weakness? Or competitiveness. Nice. And I feel like we've got quite a lot in common. Okay, if you weren't in, I guess, the real estate and technology space, is there any other career you would have had? or like to have? <laughs> it's a really good question. It's something in technology, maybe something in fashion and technology. Yeah. Definitely really passionate about tech and, and creating products, um, technology products. But if I was to link into another interest, yeah, maybe art or fashion, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, now you are all warmed up. I think we're ready. Um, we're ready to get started. So you, I guess you've got over sort of 200, 200 team members and a huge challenge that all startups and just general businesses worldwide face. And it's the importance of sort of hiring and I guess getting the right team dynamic right. From the, also from the very beginning, as we all know, real estate and technology are both fairly male-dominated sectors. I think, I mean, this is a stat which is thrown about by so many people that I think it's 9% of prop tech founders in the UK are women compared to 81% of men. And 3% of females say a career in technology is their first choice. And 83% of women find it impossible to name a female role model in any tech industry. Now, look, I know that can change the whole time. But, you know, as um, you know, I, I'd just love to hear about your sort of journey in, I guess, becoming, you know, the CEO of Ecrim. How did you get into, I guess technology and real estate yeah so love to hear yeah no worries and of course one of my sons has just decided to print his homework in the background here so um ignore the background noise i'll try and switch it off but, um, 
That's the joys of working from home, right? So, yeah, I actually, it was a, it, it was a funny way that I started at Equium because some, um, because I, I, I didn't have a background in real estate or technology really when I started. I'd spent the 13 years prior to that scaling and running a sales and marketing firm and, and that had been, you know, hugely successful and I had, you know, we, we'd been lucky enough to put together an extraordinary team at that business as well and we, we'd scaled the business kind of, you know, nine or ten times revenues over, over a six or seven year period. And I was, I'd been there for 13 years. A lot of the work we were doing was actually in the health and wellness sector. And, and I was kind of, you know, looking for my next move, thinking about my next move. And I had done, and I was talking, you know, as you do when you're, you know, making a, a significant career change, I was meeting with lots of folks and talking to lots of people about it and trying to work out what I wanted to do. And it was as part of that discovery that I was introduced to a guy called Lorenz Grollo. And he's the Grollo family, uh, are kind of synonymous with real estate, certainly in, in Melbourne and in Australia. So over three generations, they've developed and built many of Melbourne's landmark buildings. And so Lorenz was, you know, firmly rooted in real estate and at the time was managing his family's joint venture interest in a building called Rialto, which is Melbourne's second tallest office building. And so it was through this introduction to Lorenz and him outlining to me, you know, what was happening at the building, which was 25 years old at the time and, and this huge kind of, significant regeneration that he had planned to to really reposition and rebrand and, and and redevelop the asset and and but he but he said to me you know we, we've got to take the tenants on this journey we're, we're doing this huge redevelopment you know it's going to be extraordinary but how do we actually leverage technology to connect with the tenants and how do we actually create effectively a virtual community you know using technology to really drive deeper relationships with the people that are occupying the building every day. And um, that was kind of my first conversation with him. And I, after meeting him a number of times, I just got more and more fascinated by this opportunity at the intersection of real estate and technology, right? You know, you yeah. literally real estate had, was an industry which I was unfamiliar with largely, but I quickly realized really hadn't innovated, not on the property management and kind of tenant engagement and experience and communications really hadn't innovated, you know, in a long, long time. And then, and so really, and, and technology broadly, I mean, this is 2011, Lou. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, technology was not very well adopted in, <laughs> in real estate at all at that time. And so I just, having spoken to Lorenz and, and realized that, Hey, these buildings have got thousands of people in them, these little mini villages. It just seemed to be such an enormous opportunity to essentially revisit the way that buildings are, are managed and marketed and, and create this platform that would kind of remove the barriers between landlord and occupier. Does that make sense? You know, create yeah. this platform that everyone in the building could connect to you know, that would improve the service levels, would improve the communications, but would also create a lot of data and insights for the landlord along the way. So I, you know, so I was introduced to Lorenz through a mutual friend. Number of conversations later, we kind of embarked on this journey and here I am nine years later. Yeah. Well, see, we're talking about sort of community engagement. Like when you, like naturally when I think of say real estate or tech, I don't think of that sort of social aspect that's like, I often feel like when I'm talking about some of these products I'm working with, there's a massive like education piece. When, when I'm talking to a candidate and say, 
um, sales, customer success, or from like a different industry. I feel like there needs to be a bit more promotion about what your, I get tenant engagement, tenant experience, what that actually means. It's not just sort of straight sort of real estate. I guess, how have you sort of gone about, I guess, hiring your team? And you, know, you hired sort of Bronnie, who's your now UK and Ireland sort of GM. It's like, uh, how do you find the right team and attract them into prop tech? What's the sort of big sort of selling points which you like have? I think Bronnie is an interesting one. <laughs> Obviously, complete superstars, been with a business a long time, was one of the first, probably she was one of the first 10 employees. Yeah. Uh, and I actually met her, she was working at Rialto on the property management side. And so I think if you're in property management, you're working in real estate, there's a real appeal to come to a business like Equium that's changing things up, you know, depending yeah. on depending on who you are and, and what your mindset is, the opportunity to innovate and improve things and change things and move at pace, you know, can be very appealing. And of course, it's much easier to move at pace in a in a in a scale up or in a technology business than it is, you know, when you're running a huge asset, yeah. <laughs> you know, a million square foot asset. The property management's naturally kind of fairly conservative and slow moving. And so I think that's one of the appeals. And we've hired a bunch of people from real estate, but it's been really important to me. You know, I mean, it's pretty cliche, Lou, but, you know, we would we typically hire for kind of attitude over attitude, you know, always. And I think one of the things that people often observe is that there's a real commonality running through Equium in terms of, culture or personality or something yeah. you know and and there is this kind of competitive spirit you know they're, they're just a bunch of superstars but that kind of that kind of culture doesn't suit everyone so i think hiring for attitude hiring for drive hiring for innovation and i guess yeah. kind of people who are prepared to go above and beyond as well because what happens in small companies is you've never ever ever got enough resources and <laughs> You're always stretching everyone to the limit. And so that's something you kind of have to hire for as well. And you have to have people that are, you know, effectively willing to put in discretionary effort because they want to be part of this bigger purpose and they want to be part of a growing company, you know, as opposed to people who, who you know, who may be looking for something different in their, you know, in their company. Yeah. Well, I've seen, um, I think a lot of people love the idea of grow, love joining a, um, joining a startup and you talk, you know, you know, finding that sort of culture, you know, leaving that sort of big sort of corporate world, having that sort of autonomy and they get into it and they're like, oh no, like, <laughs> so this is like, this is my day-to-day -day job and you're asking me to do something with marketing or like events or something. You're like, yeah, run with it. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> um, it wears the instruction manual. It's like, yeah. um, so <laughs> work it out. Yeah. All of that. I mean, I think it does take a certain sort of person that really loves that because the other thing about businesses like Equium is that you get opportunities you know, above and beyond what you would get in a big organization as well. You know, we, a lot of people, you know, the first few employees are all still with the business, which goes to show, you know, but they've all yeah. moved up, you know, through, through the business and all been given opportunities to kind of stretch themselves and grow and, you know, expand their career development, which, you know, you don't, you sometimes you have to wait a lot longer in bigger businesses, but, you know, I think in a business like Equium, you know, if you're a good person and you're willing to put in discretionary effort and you can learn fast, yeah. the, sky's the, limit. the sky's the limit in terms of what you can do. You know, there are no barriers. 
Yeah. It's, and so for, I guess, diversity is a thing which everyone sort of talks about. There's different, there's a whole different sort of parts of, sort of diversity. If we go back to like a couple of the um, facts I mentioned about women in this space, well, are there any sort of obstacles or, or no, not obstacles, that's the wrong word. Are there any things that you wish you'd known or any sort of insight you can give on women coming into this space, like of like, Oh, don't be afraid. Like, you know, you can learn the real estate. Like what sort of advice would you um, give for, yeah, fresh newcomers from different industries joining PropTech or tenant engagement specifically? Uh, So newcomers to the industry. Yeah, I would say that, yeah, don't be scared. I I came in knowing nothing about real estate and we'd obviously had aspects of technology at the the marketing company that I was running, but it wasn't a product mm. company. So, you know, I think if I can come in and, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, being on paper, hugely unqualified to do so, there are, there are no limitations. And I think that real estate tech, hugely exciting space, lots of investment flowing into the space. A lot of companies are now starting to get a handful of companies like Equium that have been around for a while and, and some that are bigger Again, the Nequium, like VTS and others that are really kind of quite mature. And I mean, you mentioned Giardi earlier, you know, so there's a good spectrum of of organizations at different stages. So you can find a good spot, but you know that it's going to be an industry where there's going to be change and growth and, you know, a lot of innovating happening, I would say, over the next five to 10 years as these companies and probably a lot of consolidation as well. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting space to be in over the next while. Um, yeah. But yeah, don't be don't be scared. Find I guess if you're a woman and you're worried about you know how to get started, find you know there's there's plenty of groups these days. You know, women in real estate and a few things like that. And there's even there's even a I can't remember the name of it now, but there's there is a, a, a group for women in real estate tech. So there's and there's plenty of great amazing women doing amazing things in the space. So if you can find yourself, whether it's an official mentor or whether it's you set up a handful of coffee chats you know, and get your network up and running, you know, everyone's willing to help each other out and yeah. um, help good people get, get their start. Yeah. I think a big thing is, it's just asking people, put your hand up, go ask for advice. Like communication is everything. Like, and if you don't ask a question, how are you ever going to sort of find the answer? I think I probably asked a bit too many questions, but hey ho. So I guess that aside from I guess you scaling scaling your sort of team, you know, as your team sort of changed, like tell us a little bit more about your sort of product. Then how has it sort of developed over time since you like started? And um, yeah, we can then sort of go on into, I guess, what does the future of your product look like? Yeah, sure. It has changed a lot. <laughs> the first version of it was was almost completely different to what it is now. We we did a six month beta test with with Minter Ellison, who were a large law firm in Rialto. So we we worked with them really closely to build a product. And our what we <clears throat> what we kind of initially envisaged we would build changed along the way and and has continued to change as we you know deploy more buildings and, and more communities. The product itself, I mean it's a you know it's a software platform, right? And it's and it's on desktop as well as uh, native app. And, but the thing about it is that it's quite adaptable and configurable for each site. So it's really a piece of technology that you tailor depending on the building in terms of which features and functions you need. Do you need room bookings? Do you want the e-commerce store so that you can integrate your retailers? Do you want to integrate your wellness center and be able to 
use the event management functionality to manage yoga classes or suit fittings. You know, there's a there's a huge kind of communications aspect, and we've done we've done a lot of work on that over the last couple of years, just because. I mean, I think it's pretty well known, but property management teams are not that adept at communicating, and they're you know, and they're busy, they're busy, and it's just not their natural, it's just not their natural go-to. And so, yeah. one of the things that differentiates our product is that we've actually created hundreds and hundreds of templates to just make it almost brainless for property managers who don't do this as their full-time job. They're not marketing people, you know, and they've got a million other things on their plate. So we make it as easy as possible for property managers to quickly create content and get it out to people, even quickly create newsletters, get it out to people, you know, do notifications and announcements. The other, the other thing that's probably worth mentioning is the, the data and analytics aspect of our platform, Lou, which is, which we've been investing in a lot over the last probably three or four years now and evolving. So as you plug the platform in and launch it to your community, what's happening in the background is it's tracking not personally identifiable information. We, we anonymize all the, you know, names and email addresses, but it's tracking every single activity and event that a user is doing on the platform and every single interaction. And that's creating huge piles of data that then in aggregate are hugely valuable to landlords to help them make better investment decisions, help them measure tenant sentiment, you know, really help them understand, you know, what services are working best, which retailers are performing best. There's a whole lot of data that you can track to really help you manage your building, you know, a bit smarter. Um, Yeah. yeah. It seems like, yeah, they, every every time I sort of speak to someone, uh, we come back to the, the topic of data and that general consensus data is power. And I never, when I sort of first went into this industry, I never thought I'd actually be interested in data or sort of, you know, for, you know, say, I think I wrote a blog the other day about how data is now sexy. It's a hot topic for people to talk about, whether you're like a landlord, an investment fund, it's like, that's, you know, who controls it? You know, what can you do with it? But yeah, how do you, like you said, how do you aggregate it? thing about real estate is which this was one of the big aha moments for me even way back in 2011 as we were rolling this out is just the complete absence of data in real estate prior to this you know Mm. uh, you know Rialto had 72 names on an excel spreadsheet you know the the property (laughs) that that was typical That, that was a dance you know like it's that crazy building managers have got no way without a platform like this there's just no way to actually communicate with everyone in the building or, or to understand what they want and it's it was just so bizarre to me because but i think it's, it comes down to real estate being so transactional you know no one was really thinking about the customer as the end user and so therefore no one had ever taken kind of a a b2c you know a business to consumer type um, approach to running a building but this is what our platform allows you to do. You know, suddenly you've got 4,000 people that you can connect to in, in a million square foot asset, not, not 72. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that changes everything. You know, and data is not this mysterious thing. Data is just knowing who's in your building and knowing what they want and knowing how happy they are and, you know, knowing which retailers are popular and all, yeah. of, these, all of these things are, you know, pr- prior to having something like this, landlords are just, flying blind, you know, so I kind of describe it as getting rid of the blind spots, you know, out of your asset management strategy. Yeah. And, um, okay. So 
what, what would you say the biggest changes you've seen in the industry so far? I guess how has I guess how have you how have you guys adapted to it since I guess you started and what was it twenty eleven like? Yeah. yeah, in in real estate industry, Lou, or real estate tech, or a bit of both. Real estate tech. Okay, uh, a lot more players around. We started well when literally when we started prop tech and real estate tech were not they were not phrases they were not a thing. It was, <laughs> There was no such category, let alone a tenant experience category. So we spent the first, you know, five years while we were scaling in Australia, you know, actually just educating people that this was a thing. We didn't mm. really have any competition or not, you know, not, not significant. And it was really only as we started to scale globally into the UK and into the US. So around, I would say around 2017, 2018, was where we started to see kind of serious competitors emerge in our space. So, and now, you know, we'll get invited to a, to an RFP and they'll say, you know, we, we've invited 24 others to participate, <laughs> which is <laughs> astonishing, but is, but is good in a way because what it does in our category, at least in tenant experience, it kind of normalizes it, if that makes sense. So um, yeah. it, becomes, it becomes something that every building needs and it's down to, which platform or company will you choose as opposed to do I need this at all? So it starts to become kind of this ubiquitous thing that's, you know, that every building has, which is good news for us. (laughs) (laughs) In real estate tech generally, I'd say the same thing, like just huge, you know, huge amount of new players coming onto the scene, you know, real estate technology in the olden days was just a handful of companies you know, and they were big kind of old school, fairly closed platforms, you know, think about, I guess, Honeywell and, yeah. um, you know, even Yardi to a degree, but, you know, you really only had a handful of big players and now, you know, you can't, there's a new map, like a, a landscape map gets published, you know, every, every couple of months. And yeah, exactly. Ever changing. But that's why I think there'll be, you know, in terms of what's coming next, I'd say almost certainly more consolidation and, and, you know, and, and it's still such a brand new industry. I mean, you kind of can't lump real estate technology and call it one, one thing. Cause there's so much variety in there. There's so many different verticals. I'm sort of, I mean, I'm no meant to be high in this space, but I seem to get a client, a different sort of vertical every day. And it's a whole new vertical area I need to learn about. So since I guess there's new sort of players coming to market, how, how do you maintain your competitive edge? You seem to be constantly bringing out, you know, a new, new part of your new part of Equim. So what, I guess since obviously there's been a huge amount of change in the last like few months, what, I guess, what, what, what has your team been working on? We have been working on a couple of things. So when when this, before COVID hit, we were already working on a major upgrade. So over the last probably two, three years, we've been completely rebuilding our tech stack because, you know, because over time you need to do that, right? So that was mm. kind of happening in the background and we're up to the last piece of that, which is a, a big upgrade to our user and company management and our ability to segment content. And so showing users content that's relevant to them in a, in a timely way and giving marketing managers of buildings or property managers more tools in their toolkit to get the right message to the right person in the right moment. So that was happening. And then COVID hit and, and, you know, I said to the guys and you said, how do we keep our competitive edge? You know, I think we certainly try to be very customer centric in our approach. And, and because we've got, 170,000 users and 9,000 companies using our platform, that is a huge competitive edge because we have more capacity to gather data 
on what users really want than than anyone else. So when this hit, we were very, very focused on keeping those end users happy and on the platform because that's how we deliver value to landlords is, you know, keep those people engaged. And our landlord clients were obviously dealing with a million other things for those first three to four weeks, including, you know, a bunch of rent abatement requests. So we, we busied ourselves basically just partnering with our landlords to keep users on the platform and keep users engaged um, even while they were working from home. And so we launched something called Remote and really it was just a complete pivot to move what is usually kind of all of this um, on-site engagement and activations and physical, you know, events and activities to all online and online services and trying to keep people connected and productive and healthy and well while they were isolated and in lockdown. And then, and then, so that kind of, that all happened in a, in a mad rush and credit to <laughs> credit to my team. I joke, our other competitive advantage, Lou, is the fact that we can work 24-7, right? Because yeah. we can do this amazing relay baton change, Australia comes online and then, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then yes, in the UK. And we can literally work around the clock, which allows us to get things done really quickly as well. So our, our global team is just really kind of almost being brought together through this, which yeah. is amazing to watch and kind of exciting. Not that you would ever wish for a pandemic, but it's been a little silver lining is just kind of like watching how amazing the team works together. You know, sort of unify and yeah, must yeah. be. Yeah. And so then we've been working on how to get everyone back to the offices, right? Because none of our clients want empty offices. That's not good for business. So, but how do you do that safely? And how do you follow all those social distancing guidelines? And, and so we've, we're just, we've just released our return to workplace solution, which includes a couple of really exciting new things. One of which I want to tell you about, which um, is called smart. And so we've essentially launched a smart building solution to sit alongside our tenant experience platform. And it's, it, it's, you know, sensor tech and data and dashboards and the initial application comes straight from all the user surveys that we've been doing yeah. um, to really create a little dashboard in the app and on the desktop to show users what's actually going on in their building live so you can look at this dashboard and see what the air quality is you can see how many people are in the lobby you can see how many people are in the building and so it's like a like a digital twin of the lobby, right? And, yeah. and and this is something that's hugely important to people because we know that this is one of the things that they're most worried about in terms of returning to the office is how long am I going to be waiting to get into the elevators yeah. and how many, how many other people am I going to have to come into contact with? And so we're creating this dashboard to basically show people exactly what the density and the occupancy of the building is using this new smart building platform. But we're also making it available not only to landlords, but to tenants who may want to monitor their space to see how many people are actually in their office and and, and, and use the product in that way. So it's super exciting. It was something that would have been on the more medium to long-term roadmap. And this this COVID-19 period has really has really had us operating at warp speed. And, yeah. and so we've been, you know, working really hard on this and putting the right partnerships in place. We've partnered with actually a UK group called Metricus to bring this product to the market and they're a leading, you know, smart building provider that are, that are doing some really, some really great stuff. Alongside the smart product, we've also done a bunch of integrations to allow people to use the app for touchless entry so that you can, you know, use yeah. your app, access the building, access your office, um, call the elevator. And we've also launched the ability for tenants to book 
their arrival and exit times to the building. It sounds like your team has been bloody busy. (laughs) (laughs) It's been been absolutely insane, Louisa. I can't even begin to tell you. And as I said, to start with, it's, it's, you know, I would never have wished for this to happen, but I honestly think that we've achieved two years worth of work in the last two months. It's been extraordinary and I'm so proud of the team. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, And I think the products are, I'm I'm proud of us as well because I think that we've really listened and we've really paid attention to what our landlords want, what our users are asking for. And, you know, hopefully we've, we've got this kind of solution that will really be, you know, truly valuable in this moment to, to get everyone back to the office safely. Yeah. And I think that's definitely on sort of everyone's agendas. I know my team, I know all my clients teams from, like I said, funds, agencies, consultancies, startups, you know, everyone misses that um, human interaction in person. And like you said, landlord, everyone needs to get back. So hopefully sooner rather than later. And it sounds like Ecrim is sort of well equipped to help businesses do that. I guess this brings us to the end of the show, sadly. But I guess before I go, Gab, is there sort of anything else you'd like to sort of share with our audience and listeners about the best way they connect um, with you and sort of Equium? You can just go, if, if anyone's interested in finding out more about anything that we just talked about, Lou, they can just head to Equium's website, which is getequium.com. And I'm also happy to have people follow me on LinkedIn. We're going to be releasing mid early to mid-June. We'll be releasing uh, a report basically on these insights that we've been capturing from our 170,000 users over the April and May period. And I imagine um, some of your listeners might be might be interested in getting a copy of that because there's some pretty fascinating insights in there across the four regions that we operate in. Um, so happy to have people follow me on LinkedIn and then they'll see that go live once we once we release it. Definitely. Well, I look forward to reading that report. To wrap it up, finally, okay, one last silly question. Okay, you're hosting a dinner party, Gab. Okay, you can invite anyone. You can invite, I don't know if you want to invite the Queen of England, whoever it is, you're allowed to invite two people in the world. Who would those two people be? (laughs) (laughs) I love how you actually thought that so many people go straight in. I'm like, if I had this question asked, I'd really think about it. I'm, I'm going to go really cheesy here and I'm going to say my mum and dad. My dad is getting, you know, on in age and I'm stuck here in the US and they're stuck in Australia and at this stage I'm not quite sure when I'm next going to see them face to face. So yeah. that I will have my parents at my dinner party, Lou. How's that? Yeah, um, uh, definitely. I've, I almost thought about what my answer would be. No, that sounds, that sounds great. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you so much um, for coming on the PropCast, sharing your sort of insights and scaling the future tenant experience. And I'm um, looking forward to the launch of the new product, sort of smart. And no doubt your team will continue to sort of be busy working over sort of the next few months. But thank you so much. And I'll share all the details of, of Ecrim and get in contact with you in the show notes. Thank you so much for having me, Um, Lou. Really appreciate it and uh, enjoyed the chat. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us this week on the PropCast and a big thanks to our special guests. Make sure you visit our website, www.nmre.co.uk, where you can subscribe to our show or you'll find us on iTunes and Spotify where all good content is found. Whilst you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate if you could rate and review us on iTunes or if you simply just spread the word. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday and I'll catch you later.
You're listening to a Podcast Company podcast. This was made by Podcast Syndicator, where we help you go from start to grow to making money with your podcast. Let us help you share your message and your voice with the world. Reach out now, Jason at PodcastSyndicator.com or Brett at PodcastSyndicator.com to find out more. Thank you for listening and do come back to hear nothing but the best podcasts.